1: TV voice of the Cincinnati Reds, and you're up for late night Reds talk.
2: Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into another edition of Late Night Reds Talk Live, part of the Believe Podcast Network, sponsored as always by our friends at Bet Online. My name is Nick Kirby, and we are so excited to have you with us tonight as we talk about the professional Cincinnati sports team that has not lost a championship since 1972. Let's go. We finished our series last week covering each of the NL Central teams. If you miss any of those, definitely go back and check those out. Tonight, we're all back to Redstock. We got an awesome guest with us tonight that I'm really excited I'll introduce here in a minute. But before we do that, Carlos, I was taking a look at Bet Online earlier today, looking at some some NL and AL division odds. Who did you like as a division winner as a good bet right now?
0: Um, the Phillies—they jumped out at me at plus four fifty. Yeah, I like them. I feel like they might do a little something as soon as they're allowed to, you know, start signing players. I feel like they're going to get a like another, you know, two possibly three guys.
2: Yeah, I like that one. That's a good one. I I saw Cleveland at plus eight hundred. That number seems really high in the AL Central, kind of a, a division. Not very much after the White Sox, and they got the pitching that. You know, if the White Sox kind of have a down year or whatever, they might be able to. Well, if you like those bets, uh, head on over to Bet Online. Uh, they have got all kinds of uh, uh, cool uh, odds, props, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, and if you go over, you can use their website or their mobile device and sign up today. You can receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That is B-L-E-A-V. B L E A V to get started. And it's not just baseball. Bet Online is your source for basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Right to the Olympic coverage. It's the best in the business from sports right down to your fa- favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online is where the game starts. All right. Well, tonight we are so excited to have with us on the show. Uh, one of my good friends, I've uh, followed this guy for a long time. Uh, one of the most talented writers, I think, to ever write for the Reds. Honestly, every time I read something that he writes, it, it makes me think, you know what, I just need to stick to podcasting. Uh, that's more of my lane. Uh, this is Mr. Richard Fitch. Richard, welcome to Late Night Reds Talk.
1: Thank you so much, uh, Nick. Um, I think that introduction was a little bit hyperbolic, but um, take the comment comment, uh, compliment and run with it.
2: <laughs> no, absolutely. Seriously. Heartfelt for sure. Uh, Richard, you just recently, uh, moved back to the area. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, it's been in the work for a long time. I was, um, getting ready. I've been, I've been working in Manhattan and I was getting ready to, I thought I was going to get ready to retire, but at any rate, I decided that it was time to, to move back home. I'd, I'd left here, gosh, almost 40 years ago, uh, from Northern Kentucky and went to seek my fortune in New York city. And after 40, about 40 years, it was time to come home. And so I, I planned that. And and I got here in late October and, uh, I'm living here on the Ohio river in Dayton, Kentucky. It's, it's a beautiful thing.
2: Fantastic. I'll have to to come uh, meet you up at a Reds game in Cincinnati for once. I think I've met you in Cleveland and in Pittsburgh for Reds games. Uh, So we'll have to do it uh, in the Queen City one of these times. Well, fantastic. Thanks for joining us tonight, Richard. Uh, Let's jump in. I wanted to talk about your most recent article that you wrote uh, for the digital pages of RedLegNation.com. Uh, a Cincinnati sports fan reckoning. Tell us a little bit about this article and the, the inspiration behind it.
1: Well, a lot of it had to do with me moving back here and it, it, some of it had to do with my son. Uh, um, I'm, I didn't make my son a Bengals fan. He, I, I left it up to him and he decided to do that. And, uh, and he was just happened to be coming down here this weekend to, uh, uh be with me during the super bowl so we did that together and so i wanted to write a piece about that because i've always been a big football fan i'm i'm a baseball fan first but uh i've always loved pro football as i wrote and um and i have a big connection with my with my son and football and sports in general and um i wanted to write about my feelings about not only about uh, cincinnati Football, but also about how it connects with um, with the Reds, because we're sort of at a we're at an interesting point uh, where uh, Bob Castellini has probably some decisions to make about what direction he's going in. I think a lot of um, I think a lot of people watching are wondering if he's sort of backing off on his commitment to have a championship team in Cincinnati. On the other hand, Mike Brown has suddenly become the darling of Cincinnati sports. And I'm not sure that's anything to do with Mike Brown. He's been, well, a little bit, but I mean, he's really been lucky. I mean, he's, uh, all that losing got him, you know, this great quarterback. And uh, that's helped out a lot. It'll be interesting to see whether Mike Brown spends money in the offseason. They've got about $48 million in cap space, I think. So we'll see. Is he going to fix that offensive line or not? And on the other side, up, you know, upriver, you know, what's Bob Castellini going to do? He's got a lot of work ahead of him, and um, it's going to be really interesting. And now that I'm back, I want to go to a lot of games, and I want to support the Reds, but I want the uh, Cincinnati Reds organization to start supporting the fans. And uh, we'll, so we'll see.
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting how perception, you know, really becomes reality with with you know Castellini versus versus Brown, and uh, it's just you know we had a uh, we had on last week uh, one of the guys who is in the Milwaukee area that covers the Brewers, and there's no issues with Brewers fans about how much they're spending and they're spending significantly less than the reds and they've spent significantly less than the reds for years. It's just, you know, it, when you're winning, no one cares when you're losing. It, it becomes magnified yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, I wanted to tell you, I don't know if this is your most famous piece or not of all time, but I definitely think it probably got the most attention. Uh, I'll give a long winded intro to this. So bear with me just because I want to make sure that that people who maybe weren't, around in 2013 and weren't following the Reds closely in 2013, kind of understand, you know, where this came from. But you wrote this piece about Joey Votto back in 2013 uh, when uh, the climate around Joey Votto was not anywhere like it is now. Uh, There was this very uh, anti-walking, you know, Votto had a weird year where he just didn't drive in a lot of runs, probably had something to do with like a 260 on-base guy in front of him batting, but long story short, you wrote this piece kind of defending uh, our hero's honor, and uh, it really kind of blew up. Joe uh, Posnowski quoted it in an article. It was on ESPN, and you actually went on, on the MLB Network and and talked about it. Uh, tell us about how that, that article kind of blew up and what that was like for, uh, for, for those who may not know the story.
1: Well, I'm not – to this day, I'm not sure how it blew up. I mean, it was just one of those it was just one of those moments where someone saw something and and said, Hey, this needs to be this needs to be illuminated a little bit. I mean, uh, I remember <laughs> it's funny. I was riding home on the uh, New Jersey transit bus and I was leaving Port Authority and heading home. And I think it was you and maybe Jason Linden. Or maybe Chad Dotson uh, all of a sudden started tweeting, and it was like, "Oh my God, Joe Joe Posnanski did this," and I was like, and I was like sitting on the bus going, "Seriously?" <laughs> it was just like completely out of left field, and uh, so to speak. So, and then the next thing you know, uh, Dave Schoenfeld picked it up at, at ESPN.com, and. And then, and then I, and then Chad said, well, "You know, MLB Network wants to wants to have you on the hot stove their their show in the morning in the off season." And I was completely agog. I mean, I'm just like, "Are you kidding me?" Uh, and it was really nice. It was my like 15 minutes of fame. You know, Andy Warhol's 15 minutes. That was mine. Uh, really, really nice. And the guys couldn't have been nicer to me. And um, yeah it was it was great i mean it was all based on the fact that uh walt Jockety had said something about he was going to disabuse uh joey Votto of the notion that he needed to you know walk too much and i was like are you kidding me <laughs> really what's what is wrong with the way joey Votto approaches baseball i mean everything he's done um has been not only good for the team, but good for himself and good for the game. And it just didn't make any sense. And so, you know, it was, it was an interesting, it was an interesting point in time for me. And I, and, and I'll always cherish it. It was nice. It was, I was really happy. It's, you know, maybe it'll happen again someday.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I hope so. It was, uh, that was really cool. It was really cool. You know, uh, I uh, I think I had just started writing for Red Lake Nation, so I was like, "Oh wow, I am writing for a big time uh, <laughs> organization here. We have we got guys on the uh, on the MLB Network." Is it crazy for you how the narrative has shifted on Votto? And, and I feel like we had Mo Eger on earlier this summer, and he talked about like this last year felt like the last holdouts for Votto just said, "Okay." whatever he's great he's he's incredible we, we can't hate on this guy anymore is it is it wild how much that's shifted over the last nine years or well, 10 years 12 years however long it's been
1: yeah i think it kind of is i mean there will always be holdouts and if you i think part of the problem is if you're on social media you always you get the best of people but you also get the worst of people So there are always these people that just won't give in that think that Votto is like, you know, he's he's selfish and he's not, you know, he doesn't know. He doesn't understand the game and he should be he should be swinging at balls outside the strike zone. Why isn't he? You know, there's always going to be that. It's never going to go away. But you're absolutely right. Um, The landscape has shifted. And I think part of it has to do with Votto himself. He has come out and. He always loved the fans, and I remember. I remember him talking um, to Lance McAllister. Lance McAllister did a series of videos. Casavato reached out and said, "I want to talk to the fans," and so he did that. And they did this series of things, and he he talked about how much the fans mean to him. And over the years, he's kept that up, and and you can see him the things that he does, uh, the way he takes care of kids. Yeah, the way he signs autographs. He, I remember that guy who, who uh, gave him a hard time, and he kind of gave him a hard time back. And then afterwards, he said, "I was wrong. You know, it was terrible of me to do that," and I, and I apologize. And it's like, who does that? Well, Joey Lotto does that because that's the kind of guy he is, and he's just he's. I don't want to say he's the best of baseball. I, 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 you know, the funny thing about athletes is, is that we idolize them and then they disappoint us. And uh, 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 but he's one of those guys that I don't think is going to disappoint us. He's always going to be that guy who uh, who upholds the stuff that we believe in and uh, play the game. Not only you know, not necessarily play the game the way we think it should be played play the game the way he thinks it should be played which is given you know giving everything he has and play intelligently and support his players and you know support the fans and i think the fans have finally understood for the most part that um he loves them, and they love him back and that's that's rare these days and it's and it's as a fan, that's all you can ask. The, if the players appreciate the fans, I mean, there's that's there's nothing else you can ask for.
2: Yeah, very well said. You know, like what you said about you know how Votto one of the rare athletes that hasn't disappointed us. That's, that's well said, Carlos. Do you do you feel this shift? I know we've kind of talked a little bit about this, but do you feel this shift over the last year and last couple years, kind of building to where you know it's it's not as much because I don't know. I mean, back in 2013, 14, 15, I mean, man, my mentions were lined up every time, you know, Votto struck out with a runner on third base. It was, it was insane. Do you feel like it shifted?
0: Well, yeah, it definitely shifted. I remember speaking about this and even on Twitter. Um, I guess we could start at the beginning of his career. Um, You know, he's mentioned it before um, in articles and interviews that, you know, he didn't want to say much the first three, five years of his career because he felt that, you know, you had to earn, earn to be able to talk in the locker room. You had to earn be able to say stuff, crazy stuff, in front of the camera. That was all stuff that was earned and not basically free game like it is now. Not saying that I don't like it, but just, just that's the. He was one of the last guys from, from that breed, from that era of ball where it was like respect was number one. You know, amongst your peers, amongst your teammates, you got to earn in everything that you get on and off the field. So um, then we go like to his MVP years. You know, lots to love about him. The future's bright. It's going, it's going great. And you know, he still stays kind of below the radars as a uh, you know media comes, and 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 that's the way he likes it. You know, he, he doesn't want to be you know, the New York media, the the big light like that, he he feels at home in Cincinnati, and he's always felt that way. And then, you know, those struggles start coming, but those struggles, whenever those struggles came and, and whenever your Twitter was getting lit up, there was a, a particular gentleman that was the voice of the Cincinnati Reds that was was pretty hard on him pretty often. And, you know, his son followed suit. So we've got a lot of those people that were like, hmm, yeah, maybe I felt a certain way about Joey, but now I definitely do because you know it's these two guys are talking about him negatively all the time. And then over the last two years, what are the two ingredients that we have missing? Those those people are uh, they don't have they don't have that gasoline being poured on them to light them up, you know? They're they don't need that. And we've got a great broadcast team and and radio team right now and. You know, it's all, it's all fun games right now. Well, Carlos, you're getting really good at
2: this uh, podcasting thing, but you just gave me a perfect segue into our next <laughs> segment. Uh, <laughs> literally, if you're watching the next slide, I wanted to ask uh, Richard about not really going into too much detail about the article because we've exhausted that. And I am, I'm, I'm past that, but Richard, you wrote a piece. Has anyone seen my old friend Martin talking about how uh, the Reds play by play broadcaster, you know, like, like, most of our stories was our, you know, idol or whatever adjective you want to use, you know, growing up and, and following the reds, but, uh, you know, kind of grew a little sour towards the, the way he called the game and, and handled players like Vado. I wanted to ask you as someone who wrote a piece, you know, like this, um, which kind of really, I felt was very well said for a lot of our feelings, uh, how do you feel about the current team, the current broadcasting team with uh, uh, with, with John Sadak and Barry Larkin and Chris Welsh and uh, Tommy Thrall and Jeff Brantley? I mean, do you feel like the Reds are in a much different spot than they they were like when you wrote this article? I think it was back in 2015.
1: Well, let me start off by saying that I miss Marty Brenneman. I don't, I mean, whatever issues I had with Marty as he grew older, um, you can't forget what a great voice he's always been. He, the, his play-by-play has always been, you know, almost second to none. I mean, we talk about Vin Scully, but other than that, I don't know if anybody's been better than Marty. My problem with Marty was just, you know, I love Joey Votto. I love Jay Bruce, and he was hard on both of them, and I couldn't understand why. Uh, I understand he didn't care for metrics. He didn't understand the way the game was going and that disappointed me cuz Marty's a smart guy and he could have he could have found his way through that and 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 in my opinion had a better end to his his career than he did but there's no there's no escaping who Marty was these new guys that come on they have a tall task i mean replacing Marty Brennan is not easy uh, At least from Tommy Thrall's point of view, but Tommy's very good and he'll have to find his own way. He's going to find his own voice and it's going to take a while. I'm sure it took Marty a while. I don't really remember back in 1974 how long it took Marty to be Marty, but I'm sure that in the beginning it was the same way. And Tommy is going to have, he's going to plow that same ground. And uh, I don't worry about it. Tommy's good. I really like Tommy. Um, I like the TV guys too um, for the most part Uh, uh, I mean I I, Chris Welsh is wonderful I love Chris Welsh I could listen to him all day he brings a lot to the broadcast anyone he does Um, I haven't listened to Tommy a lot because up in New Jersey I was uh, watching the games on TV uh, with my subscription to MLB Extra Innings, and so I wasn't listen, listening to a lot of radio. But now that I'm down here, I will be. And, uh, but yeah, what little I've heard of him, I really like. The, uh, the Reds are in good hands from that point of view. I think.
2: Yeah, I, I love I love Tommy Thrall. I I love the way he calls the game. Um, and the interesting Tommy and Barry I feel like are good examples for for those of us neither one of those guys are very hard into the analytics uh Sadek does a good job uh uh, Chris Welsh does a good job Brantley kind of more middle ground I I would say but I don't think those of us who you know maybe got a little critical towards the end really like we weren't we didn't have to have a Sabre metric broadcast. It's great. I love it when it's brought up, but we don't have to have that. We just, it's nice to have someone that you feel like is rooting for the Reds along with you. And and for all of, you know, Barry Larkin's flaws, um, and, and again, it was his first year, so I don't, I don't want to be too critical of him. I felt like every night I turned in, my favorite player as a kid is calling the game and rooting for the Reds. And and I just, I think that's really cool. And I think Sadek really helps him out a lot. I think well, I I think uh, you know, Barry wouldn't might not be as as enjoyable with another partner, but but you know, Sadek is so well prepared every night that that I think he kinda you know makes up for that.
0: Carlos, you got anything to add on that? Um my only Marty Brenham story um was one that almost happened but didn't quite happen. <laughs> I went to go um, visit Joey. We were at, they it was in Miami. It was the year that, um, the pitcher died. So that's, that's why I remember the year specifically, because it was one of his last outings. Um, but anyway, we're in the team hotel and you know, I'm, I'm enjoying the Miami life. Joey had already gone, to, gone to the field. It was like one o'clock and I'm out by the pool and here comes favorite radio announcer. And this was like right in the midst of that, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> Carlos, are you gonna go over there and ask him what you want to ask him?" Or I thought twice. I was like, "Shit, if this gets back to Joey somehow, I'm gonna be in so much shit." So I chickened out and just just sunbathed and had a couple of adult beverages. But man, <laughs> I I had several questions.
2: Oh boy, if I could only see that. <laughs> all right good stuff well uh we're gonna talk about the uh the baseball lockout yuck and uh we'll also kind of talk about uh, the, the dh uh coming to the nl and what that means uh but before we jump into all of that i wanted to tell you about nord vpn what's more important than peace of mind nothing And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you all the peace of mind while you are online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com believe or use the code believe. That is B-L-E-A-V to get your 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money back guaranteed. All right, thanks to NordVPN for supporting late-night Reds Talk Live. Let's uh, let's dig into it. So, the lockout is still going on. It's uh, becoming more and more likely that the season is going to get delayed when Ken Rosenthal and Evan Jerelic hopefully I said his name right, when they start saying, no reason to believe the season will start on time, that's when I start going, yep, it's really not looking good Uh, the latest around if you you know haven't been following which honestly you're probably smarter than me for not following Um, I try to turn it off some days and just you know do anything else Uh, Manfred came out and said some stuff at a press conference Uh, some of his announcements were uh, draft lottery universal D.H. Um, and eliminating the draft compensation pick. We'll talk about some of that stuff in a minute. They basically said that ahead of meeting with the players on Saturday, Um, MLPA was unimpressed to no one's surprise by the the negotiations. Um, Another one of the interesting quirks was uh, talking about maybe uh, limiting the number of times a player can be optioned, maybe to five, which that's kind of interesting. Barely raising the uh, luxury tax threshold. Uh, Major League Baseball also saying, as part of the negotiation, which I don't even know exactly how that applies, that they might eliminate hundreds of minor league players' jobs. Uh, Carlos, let's let's start with you. Um, you've been very, you know, vocal in support of the Players Association and saying stay strong and all of these kind of things, which I think most normal human beings would side with you on that. Do you get the sense that the, the players might, you know, start wavering here at some point? What, what would your, your thoughts be, you know, if you were a player here on February 15th, as I believe today's the day pitchers and catchers are actually supposed to
0: report? um i mean it's all i mean it it depends where you're at in your career if you're a french player if you're a one-year player you know you want to you want to maximize the time that you're that you're a big leader um but then at the same time if you're maybe a jonathan india you, you probably are okay holding out a little bit you know um just because you're, you're probably going to be in a better financial situation. You have, you know, more than likely, you're not going to be sitting down next year. You're not worried about that. But, I mean, it's just, I don't, I don't even know where to start with this whole thing. It's it's, it's so wild to me um, that they're so far off and the players aren't even really asking for all, anything all that much, anything crazy, outlandish. Like, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know where to start. I mean, it's just so bad right now that it doesn't make any sense. Um, and it's so hard because so many players lost so much money the last couple of years or, you know, 2020 was, was probably the worst. And, uh, I know those guys don't want to lose that. Some of them are losing, you know, tens of millions of dollars and and that's a lot of money. You know, somebody, for example, like Joey, I mean, he's towards the end of his career and, you know, he's made a lot of money. Of course, everybody knows that, but, you know, these are big paychecks that he's given up here and he's only going to have a couple more years of them, you know, to set up, you know, that that family wealth. So it's, it's crazy times. Yeah. It just feels like there's so
2: many different directions. It's not like it's only like, you know, fighting over one or two things. There's like 15 different things from all different angles that you're trying to to keep track of, I think India is a really good example of a player. Because, and he also got a big signing bonus. So he's even a little bit different than, you know, maybe someone like, uh, uh, an Aristides, Aquino, who's like on, on a, a league minimum where mm-hmm. he, you know, he's like, Hey, I, I need this money. India kind of already has got some, you would think some money like up in the bank. An interesting kind of player that I wanted to ask you, Carlos about would be like a Jesse Winker, Luis Castillo they're like a couple years away from their big payday, or at least they're expecting when they hit free agency, a player like those two guys, do you think that with them, they start going, man, like I'm so close to my payday. Like I don't want to, you know, have the, you know, baseball get this, you know, you know, kind of have this uh, really negative perception and, you know, You know, 95, I mean, their playoff games had empty seats. Like it had a negative effect on that season. Like, do you think those guys are kind of like thinking about like, you know, what's this going to do baseball? Is this going to mess up my contract, you know, that I'm supposed to be getting next year or the year after?
0: I don't, I don't think it's the point to that yet. I don't, I don't think it's gotten that far. Um, But I think those guys are good examples of guys who were probably okay to wait you know, to hold on, to get as much as you can for us, you know, because I don't think, I mean, I don't know how much more Winker can do for himself. The best probably case scenario is if he just repeats what he did last year. Stay healthy. Yeah. And then stay healthy. And, And Luis, I mean, everybody already knows what he can do. I mean, nobody even, nobody cares. Whoever's trading for him or wants to trade for him cares what he did last year in April and May. Cause, because they know what he can do. So I don't think there's much more that he can do either. Um, I don't think he's ever going to win a Cy Young, but, I, I mean, I think he can, you know, put enough good seasons to, together to where he could get that top dollar, but more than likely, I, I just don't see him being the type of player that's actually going to affect.
2: Richard, where are you kind of at with, with where – everything's dance here on February 15th.
1: Well, I moved down here and I'm ready to go to baseball games. And all of a sudden I'm not going to get to go to baseball games. It looks like for a while. So that's disappointing. I'll tell you, nothing's going to happen until the last minute because that's the way negotiations go. Everybody takes their own opinion and they back off into their corner. And until it gets to the last minute, that's when things get serious. So it doesn't surprise me that there's no movement. That doesn't mean there won't be. It just means that this is too early. There's nothing being lost right now. But when we get to the last minute and games start to get lost, then things will start to get serious. And we'll see who is willing to go to the mat to get what they want. And, you know, are the owners going to to say, look, we're willing to lose games because we want things the way the status quo, the way it is. Uh, will the players say? Will they stick together? You know, I, I think the biggest thing is the players need to to stand up for the for the guys that aren't making any money. They, yeah, what did the players ask for? Seven hundred thousand dollars or seven hundred fifty thousand dollars? They they should be they should be asking for dollars If you get to the major leagues, you should get buku bucks. And I'm not so worried about the guys that are making millions at the other end and how they do a salary cap. I'm worried about these guys that just got here. I'm also worried about minor league players. There's a wonderful article in in The Athletic about minor league baseball and the way these guys are just, they can't survive. They They get paid by baseball for six months a year and for the other eight months or, or the other, or maybe it's eight months and six, but they, they struggle. It's At only least, five months. Yeah, and they just, and you know, you've got these guys that have got roofing jobs, you know, there's a guy talking about, I have to work a roofing job, the construction job, I'm worried about falling off a ladder and my career's over and I can't, you know, I can't make, I can't make rent, I can't eat right, I, and nowadays with um, Sabermetrics, guys, the guys want to, they want to train better. And that's expensive and they can't afford it. And it's like, it's stupid because major league, these major league baseball teams, they would benefit from making sure these guys are well fed, well fed and not eating at McDonald's. You know, but instead they're not paying them. It wouldn't cost them anything. It's nothing. If you want to know anything about the owners, look at how they treat their minor league players. These guys are their future and they pay them nothing. They pay them a pittance. And it's just, it's incredible. It's incredible what's going on. I had this, I had a discussion with Jason Linden over at um, uh, Red Lake Nation a few years ago. And I, I didn't feel this way then. I was an actor and I was an apprentice. And I worked at Actors Theatre of Louisville and I lived on Ann Page macaroni and cheese. And my attitude was, if that's the life you chose, then that's the life you chose. And Jason sort of, I don't know, he straightened me out. I listened to his argument and thought, you know what? He's right. He's, he's absolutely right. And it's different than being an actor. you know. It's like the, the arts are different. There isn't big money in the arts. Even the people that have money in the arts, it's a crap shoot. They spend a lot of money to bring shows to Broadway. And sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But Major League Baseball, they're washing in money. They got more, they got more than they know what to do with and they can't give a few thousand dollars to the guys that would make them better. There's guys washing out of the minor leagues because they can't afford to stay afloat. They just give up. You know, a guy gets married and he's got a kid or two, he can't do it. And he could have been a, a major league baseball player, but he can't, He can't move forward he can't do it because he can't afford it he can't work he can't stay in shape you know because he can't he can't do it he just and it's it's terrible and it's short-sighted and major league baseball is cutting off their nose to spite their face when they do this but boy it's 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 the worst of penny pinching but that's their mentality and so when you think that they'll do that to the minor leaguers then you look forward to what they're doing To the Players Association on the other end, it's easy to look at the rich players and say, well, they're greedy and they want this. But uh, I think many people are missing the big picture there. Um, I don't know. Just my opinion.
2: Yeah, well well said. And uh, I think I'd add to that. I, I, I feel like the Players Association should be doing a better job highlighting what you just said. As opposed to, like, I saw Max Scherzer with a statement, and nothing against Max Scherzer. He earned all that money. Go for it, man. You get get that contract. But I see him tweeting, like, why is he the guy tweeting? I feel like that they, they, they should have a better strategy here. Max, we love you. You just be quiet. You sit this one out because no one is going to sympathize with you. You earn that money. Great. We're, we're all thrilled for you but let's let's hear some of these more you know stories like you're talking about and have that be our focus cuz i think you could get you know uh more of the the casual fans uh you know behind this um the the one thing that i would add to all this it it, man, it stinks that the last 3 years i mean 2020 <laughs> last year we started without fans or limited whatever and now we're in this in 20, it's like three straight years of this. It's just like, man, as a baseball fan, how much more of a, a beating can you take? But I would, Richard, I think you were, you were kind of alluding to this. I, I would try to take a step back. At this point, it really hasn't done that much damage to baseball. The only thing it's really ticked off is the diehard fans like us. But we're not going anywhere. We can threaten, oh, I'm not going to watch you. You'll be here. You'll be there on opening day. You'll be watching. You'll be glued in. It's the casual baseball fans. I don't think we realize how many casual baseball fans have no idea that the season opening on time is in jeopardy. I was asked uh, a couple weeks ago to write an article for something uh, about opening day, and the person that asked me is a baseball fan, goes to games, and you know, but they're like, "Can you write something about the, the team for opening day?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." You know, they wanted like three weeks in advance. I was like, "But you know, the season might not be starting on time." They're like, "Wait, what?" They had no idea. So I, I don't think we realize how many of those people are out there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if if you know, just opening day in Cincinnati, if that gets canceled after the last two years or postponed man it's going to it's going to take some getting those people back because they're going to you know say well, now let me know when baseball starts if if i'm interested i'll i'll do it but you know the longer you get into the summer especially in cincinnati you know the more you start getting closer to the football season i mean it's it's really a a, a bad cycle so i don't think now there's a lot of damage but season gets delayed, uh, that's uh yeah, Anything yeah else we're, not,
0: t- we're not very far from that because uh, if this takes longer than a week and a half, then they're going to miss games because it's going to take pitchers a minimum of four weeks to get ready, and that's pushing it.
2: Yeah, and I just hope you know we don't get this last minute thing like Richard had said, and you know, yeah. we have we have a bunch of injuries. You know that
1: would yeah, just exactly
2: that would be miserable. All right, let's move on to something like kind of I guess a little more um, interesting. So it, it sounds like the DH is officially coming to the National League. Uh, let's start off with our opinions on the DH going to the National League. I'll start. Uh, I'm someone who for years never wanted the DH and I, I you know grew up watching National League Baseball. It's what I know. you know, I, I, I always loved that there was two leagues with two different rules. I, I know people hate that. I loved it. I thought it was kind of a, a fun quirk that made baseball different than other sports. So I I'm sad that it's it's that part of it's over. But I had also kind of conceded that it was over for like three years. So at this point, it is what it is. Um, and, and then with, with seeing how adamant pitchers are against it, and seeing some of these injuries, that also kind of like yeah, I'm kind of like whatever at this point. Uh, Rich, let's start with you. What is your thoughts on? On the DH coming to the National League,
1: I hate it. <laughs> I absolutely hate it, and that's because I'm old and I'm shaking my fist at the clouds. and And I understand that. I understand that few people feel the way I do. I, I think there's a lot. I mean, I keep seeing the arguments about how you know pitchers they don't hit, they, you know, they have t- terrible batting average, and everything, but. You know, most teams don't have good hitters anyway, anywhere at the bottom of the lineup. So, so it's not going to get that much better. And I, I also think if you want to make the game uh, more offensive, offensively palatable, there's other ways to do that. I mean, we've got other problems with the offense. Uh, we can, there's the ball. There's they can, they could move the mound back six inches and see what that does. Um, they could change the strike zone and they could do all kinds of things to improve the offense of the game that would, in my opinion, would do a lot for the, for offense. Cause I, am in agreement we need more offense, but uh, I, I don't know that we need to, uh, uh, I don't know. I just, I always liked just as you were saying, Nick, I always liked that there was two differences in the leagues that didn't, I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, some people see it as a flaw in the game, but I didn't. And I always liked the strategy that that imposed upon the game and that will be gone. And the game will become a little more, I don't know, boring because of it, but I know I'm in a minority. Uh, I know people are going to shout me down, but won't be the first time. We'll get them, Richard. We'll get them.
2: <laughs> uh one more point before we get to Carlos, kind of adding on on what what richard said is you know i don't necessarily think that the offense that the dh is going to create is the offense that a lot of people want because the dh is just going to be one of these more you know home run heavy high strikeout high walk guys you're not gonna you're not gonna be uh it's not billy hatcher up there or, you know Ichiro slapping the ball that's not your designated hitter it's going to be the guys that a lot of people don't like about the game so it's not I don't think it's going to provide the offense that a lot of people I guess are are craving right now
0: Carlos what's your thoughts I'm all over the place with it you know like personally I like it because it might extend you know buddy mine's career by a year or two maybe Mm -hmm. I'll get to selfishly watch him a little more um it creates another job and probably a well paying job um but then again i'm going to miss the the manager strategy like i like a good old double switch in the bottom of the fifth now it used to be like the 7th or 8th but now it's like <laughs> in the 5th inning you know that that's that was fun to me you know it's not just writing out a lineup it's not little league there's you know strategy in it um I mean, one of my favorite things ever to see on a baseball field was Johnny Cueto not run out a ground ball like him to take three strong steps and just shut it on down. <laughs> Won't be able to see great things like that. I mean, it, I'm not, I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent on it, I guess. Um, it is what it is. Stuff changes all the time. So maybe they'll change it back later.
2: Yeah. yeah and it's kinda- also
0: going to affect records, too, which is kind of like, yeah. That's gonna affect starting pitchers' numbers for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, I guess that's a that's a good point. Um, Joey uh, Heeb asked a, a couple questions. Thanks, Joey, so much for watching. Kind of really followed what we we're gonna talk about tonight, but kind of asked about what what our lineup will look like. Um, Richard, let's start with you. First off, do you think a this is a good thing for the reds and B, kind of, how do you think they'll use the, uh, the DH in, in 2022?
1: Yeah, it probably is a good thing for the reds because Tyler Stevenson can catch for 130 games and then he can scoot over to first base and they'll have another big hitter in the lineup. And depending on your lefty righty matchups, you'll be able to, uh play other people there and Joey will need time off. He's not a spring chicken anymore. Uh, he may wanna play 162 games and maybe he can, but if he can't or doesn't want to and needs the rest, uh, that's gonna be a, a great way for them to do that. Um, they've got problems right now because they have uh, they have log jams at positions. There's too many third basemen uh, so that this could ease that to some degree uh, for certain games. Um, I personally would like to see like to see Nick Senzel move to second base and I'd like to see um, Jonathan India move to third base. But then what do you do with with our current third baseman, Mr. Suarez? And uh, yeah, he could possibly you know, play some games at first base um so yeah and you got a, a keynote he could he could get in there and play first base um yeah so yeah I think it's gonna I think it'll be good for the Reds uh, I, I'm you know I'm, uh, in the short run yeah um because they have some holes and they've got some log jams at certain positions and so this would help them move things around a little bit at least
2: in the short term. One, one quick point before we get to Carlos, so if you're watching, this is the projected lineup. I did not make this. This is from fan So Jose Pereira not being in there is not my doing. Please take it out with fan Carlos, what is your thoughts on, is this a, a good thing for the reds and how do you think they should use the DH?
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. It's, it's a good thing for this current reds roster. Um, the way it's out there and, yeah, I mean, if everybody's healthy, ready to go, I think Moustakis is dh you know, probably three times a week. Um, Joey, maybe once a week, um, you know, at the beginning, see how he feels halfway going through the season, whether it needs to be a couple more or not. Um, but then that's banging on also having, you know, Gino back to Geno. Um, you know, these log jams that Richard's talking about, I, I, I kind of like the fact that they have them because, you know, one, you know, we always talk about you can't have too many good players. You can't have too many good starting pitching, you know, but then if if nobody comes rises out of this, say it like at our third base log jam. If, if Gino doesn't rise out of this and take that position, if Mike doesn't rise out of this and take that position, um, then the Reds are kind of screwed anyway. You know, if it's just gonna be a battle for crappy third baseman and D H, then they're screwed, it doesn't matter. So yeah. this this log jam, you know, these 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 are the, the cream of the crop, these are the best baseball players in the world. And if and if you can't go into camp or go into the season knowing you gotta fight for your job and you can't come out on top, then it's it's not going to be a good thing for the reds this year. And I mean, I feel that way about the center field because I feel, you know, in a healthy, there's going to be a Senzel and, you know, a Naquin that's going to have to bat against right-handed pitching. There's no doubt about it. And where are you going to put him though? Um, It's, it's a good thing. Um, The competition there, somebody has got to come out on top. I mean, I keep saying it over and over, but I, I feel, somebody will at each position and it's going to be a positive thing for the reds. Yeah.
1: And somebody's going to get hurt. So.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah. I just hate to say it, but
2: Yeah, someone someone always gets hurt. Uh yeah, I mean I I think I'm mostly with you. I think, you know, everyone healthy which is a big big assumption especially with the current group the reds have. I mean, I think they would just rotate Suarez, Mustakas, Vado and Stevenson as the DH. And then uh, you know Mustakas can play first base. uh, If Votto's DHing, obviously Suarez and Mustakas can both play third base. And then I guess one of them's the odd man out if if Stevenson's DHing. But I think they're going to need days off. Uh, I think you have one injury to any of those three guys: Suarez and Mustakas or or Votto. Any of those guys get hurt for any lengthy period of time, I think you make Jesse Winker your DH. Uh, I he's the best fit for the Reds as DH. Uh, he's not a good defensive player in left field. Cost the Reds. I know he 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 tries. You can tell his efforts there. It's not an effort thing. He's just not a good defensive player. Uh but he is an elite hitter against right-handed pitching. And you saw in September how bad the Reds were without Jesse Winker in the lineup. And Winker has yet to play a full season. And I think DH'ing him helps preserve him. So uh, I mean, right now you can't DH him because you have all these other guys that you, you know, are paying a lot of money and, you know, you got to find a way to get them in there. But any of those three guys get hurt. I'm DHing Winker absolutely as much as I can. And, you know, if I'm just improving my defense out in left field, but I'm also preserving the health of Winker, I think that's a huge um, um, advantage for the Reds. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Joey, for agreeing with me. Nice to nice to have some agreeing. Uh, and thanks Joey for interacting with us we do really uh, appreciate that tonight
0: are you tweeting are you over there sending messages as Joey <laughs> Joey he, <laughs> yeah. that's my that's to my uh,
2: my surname yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm
2: not talented enough to uh to uh to run the the, the slides and, and and be tweeting i can't do that maybe when tim's hosting i can uh i can uh, do that Tim, tim's out uh Talking to Penny Hardaway or something tonight. I don't know. Just I guess we're not as good as Penny Hardaway, but it is what it is. Any other thoughts on kind of the DH situation? Kind of where where we we land with that, fellas. We we beat that down. Uh, let's real quick. Let's talk about the other two things um, that I saw first. The uh, uh, the draft lottery. Real quick, Richard. Do you like that?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 fine. I mean, you know, I have no real thoughts about it. It's fine.
2: <laughs> Carlos, what do you think about the draft yeah, lottery? I think I think they said one through eight would be the the.
0: Yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, I mean, I mean... when was the last time that we got excited for a, a draft pick? Was it was it Bryce Harper?
2: I was pretty excited about Hunter Green. I mean. It was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. True, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's good. I mean, it, it. I don't know if it's really good to send out his tanking too much, because is there really that big of a gap between a lot of the players, one through eight, some years maybe, a lot of others no. But I mean, I think it's good to, you know, you're not I, – I I've seen people say, well, it should just be all 30 teams and it's randomized. I think, Come on, that's ridiculous. Like, there's got to be a competitive balance to this thing. But There's got to be a way to do both, to try to incentivize de- tanking with, with still having a a competitive balance. And then that does kind of lead me to the other one, the elimination of the draft pick compensation. Now, I, I have yet to see a concrete answer on this. I, if if Castellanos does sign somewhere else, would the Reds lose that pick? I don't know the answer to that. I would, wouldn't think so. Because, like, this would be after, like, they had already offered the qualifying offer. I don't know how that could be, like, retroactively taken away. But, um, I mean, in general, I guess I, you know, I I understand it. But I definitely, you know, I, 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 I'm kind of torn on a lot of these things where, you know, I do side with the players on most of this. And I do want teams to spend more. But I also want the game to be competitive and. And so it's kind of a, a weird, you know, spot that I'm in. And, and, you know, people will just go, well, the Reds just spend more. Okay, well, if the Reds spend more, the Cardinals are going to spend more. And the Cubs are going to spend more. Like, it's not just going to – the Reds just aren't magically going to catch up to everyone else. There's different revenues coming in. So the Reds money, however much it is that they could spend, it's going to run out before whatever the Cubs and Cardinals are. So there still has to be that competitive component. I feel like sometimes we go a little too far – in the direction where we we sometimes miss that. What's your guys' thoughts on that, Richard? We'll start with you.
1: Yeah, I. You know, we we've sort of drifted into this area where the owners have so much money, so there are no small market teams anymore. And okay, fine, if that's how you want to phrase it. Fine, but there are smaller market teams. There is a difference. It's not a binary uh, choice anymore. Uh, there are gradations to this. Uh, I always I always think about it uh, refresh my memory because I'm getting old. who is who is the uh, who is the big Yankee number one p- pitcher that the Yankees signed a f- couple of years ago for 300 million dollars? Garrett Cole. Yeah all right, Garrett Cole. So you think about Garrett Cole. If the Reds had signed Garrett Cole, And well, let's say the Yankees signed him. So let's go with the Yankees first. The Yankees signed Garrett Cole. If if Garrett Cole pulled a Wayne Simpson, for those of you who don't know who Wayne Simpson is, he pitched for the Reds in 1970. And at the end of the year, his arm fell off. He was throwing a baseball in a game and his shoulder just collapsed. And that was basically the end of Wayne Simpson's career. And he was 14 and three. And he was the best pitcher the Reds had that year and his arm just collapsed. Now, if Garrett Cole's arm collapsed in the middle of his contract, at the beginning of his contract, would it hurt the Yankees? It sure would. But guess what? The Yankees would walk on. If the Reds, did the Reds have the money to sign Garrett Cole? Sure they did. They're worth a lot of money and they could afford it, but what would happen to the Reds if they signed him and his arm collapsed? would the Reds walk on? No, they wouldn't. They would be hamstrung for years. They'd be decimated. And that's the difference between these smaller market teams and these teams at the other end is there's, there's these huge free agents that only a handful of teams can afford to take a risk on. And they do it because they can survive. And there are other teams that just, they can't do it. I mean, they could but they can't really take the risk. And so that's my problem with all this, is it, it's, it's, it's not, it's not a level playing field. And to suggest that it is because Bob Castellini can sell the team because Forbes says it's worth $1.3 billion, kind of misses the point for me. Uh, I'm not a Bob Castellini. I'm not carrying water for Bob Castellini. As far as I'm concerned, he should have spent money uh, to fix that uh, relief staff, and he didn't do it, and that's on him. And he's and I'm worried that he's he's backpedaling now, and that concerns me a great deal. But let's not ask like the Reds can. You know, the Reds organization can spend the money that the Dodgers can. Or Yankees can because they can. not
0: Carl
2: what's your your thoughts on that?
0: I mean, I I agree with Richard. I mean, there's there's levels to this. It's, it's not, you know, this isn't monopoly money. You know, the Reds can only afford so much. Um, I mean, that was a perfect example with Garrett Cole. I never really thought of it that way, but it makes perfect sense. Like that would just that would have crushed them. I mean, they would have crushed. The, the reds if you know if joey's contract he didn't fulfill that you know the last several years that, that that would crush him if they you know released him i mean that's still they're still on the books for that 25 million for the next two years you know that, but yeah back, i mean i just I, I agree with richard on that
2: <clears throat> yeah i just don't think we have to go all one way or the other and yeah. try to have some like normal conversations. One interesting thing that, that, uh, that i found there's this uh, guy's MBA. He uh, uh, is a Cardinals fan. So, ugh, but uh, he did this really cool thing where he analyzed the financial data for every team. And the conclusion that he came to <laughs> was that the Yankees spend the fewest amount of their revenue on their players which is fascinating. It's so I feel like sometimes like these, the big market teams, they get a pass. Like they get, Oh, you go to the luxury tax. Oh, you're good. You, you, you did everything you could do when that's just like, not even like they make five times what the reds or pirates or whoever else is making. So I thought there's gotta be a, a, a balance in there. Uh, we did get one more question. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll probably close out with this, uh, From our guy, Joey, you guys saw me. I wasn't typing. So, Joey, this is legit. Uh, Joey asks, are we looking at Nicola Dolo and Hunter Green to be added to the starting rotation or be bullpen pieces? I can't think, but if our pitching and defense isn't better, our offense can't save us. Uh, I'll start. I mean, I um, I, I would assume probably one of those guys is in the opening day rotation. One of those guys is in AAA. I mean, this is assuming most health. That's probably the most likely scenario, at least for me. Uh, Richard, what do you think?
1: Well, assuming we have a decent spring training, that'll probably decide. Those guys will come in and somebody will pitch well and earn a spot or they won't. Um, So we got, you know, we have no Wade Miley, so we got a spot in the the rotation for somebody. And, uh, of course, injuries will probably happen as well and that's going to determine that it's not uh I can see where they'd want to start hunter green off in the bullpen and let him get his sea legs before throwing him in there in the starting rotation um also, I think it also depends on how they feel about his development since he had uh, Tommy John surgery where do they think he's at can he handle a full load is he ready uh Lodolo for the different stories a different type of pitcher He might be more likely to jump into the starting rotation, assuming that he has a good spring. Carlos, what's your
2: thoughts?
0: Uh, I think if we have to rush the spring by any amount of time, there's no chance either one of those guys is on the team, whether it's the bullpen or starting rotations. That's just my opinion, because just going off the way the Reds have been for the last 15 years, they don't rush anybody to the big leagues and if there's any reason they can keep them down a little bit longer just to make sure that they're healthy and safe. And, you know, we're not going to rush you. We can bring you up maybe the second week of the year or whatever, but you guys are going to get your full spring training time. Cause they've invested so much money in these guys. They just came back from injury. There's really no reason to throw them out there in April if we're going to have to rush this deal. And and I agree with it. So, but if, if they do say start in, in two weeks, then I think, I guess I would give the nod to Hunter green just cause he did throw more innings last year. He was a little bit healthier. Um, then little Dolo maybe they want to see where he's at after maybe about a full month of, of actual pitching, but.
2: Well, Richard, thank you so much for coming on. It was such a blast to have you. Hopefully we have a, a an actual season here at some point and love to have you back on again during the season and talk about like real baseball happening. Uh, shout out where people can, can find you on social media, anything you're working on, maybe writing towards the the season and when it begins.
1: Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Richard Fitch, uh, NYC, uh, even though I'm not in NYC anymore (laughs) and, um, writing for red leg nation. I'm, I'm trying to write more regularly now. So I'm going to start to try to do a regular piece it's called Notes from the Machine Room. And uh, that's going to be a regular thing this year. So uh, I'm I'm very much a slow writer. So I'm trying to pick up the pace and write a little more frequently. So keep our keep my fingers crossed that I can actually do this. <laughs> very good. Th- and thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It was it was really nice of you, Nick. And nice to meet you, Carlos.
0: You too. I appreciate it. Very much uh, appreciate the insight and the perspective and I feel like we agree a lot, Richard. You're, you're all right, buddy.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know if you want to go there yet. But.
2: That's high praise. There's few people Carlos agrees with. I'm, I'm not even in that boat. So <laughs> <Not even close. laughs> that, that's good. <laughs> well, thanks everyone. As always for uh, checking us out late night, Reds talk live. We'll be back to our normal time next Monday. Took yesterday off for the Valentine's day, trying to be uh you know, mediocre husbands for a week. Uh, but we'll be back next Monday. If you haven't subscribed, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, YouTube, make sure you do that. Give us five stars. We really do appreciate it. And as always, we are sponsored by our friends at Bet Online. Everyone, have a great week. Go Reds.